do the Bible, Hogwarts, disciples, and Dementors all have in common? This podcast. Welcome to The Gospel According to Harry Potter, a podcast for Potterheads, Jesus Freaks, and everyone in between. My name is Ashley, and together we'll examine the entire Harry Potter series, chapter by chapter, through a biblical lens, looking for insights into Harry Potter from a Christian worldview and insights into real life from a wizarding worldview. So grab your favorite Harry Potter book, your go-to Bible translation, and maybe a mug of warm butterbeer and get ready to explore the wizarding world like never before. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Ashley, the muggle behind the mic, and I am, of course, excited to continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Today we're going to be discussing Chapter 8, but before we get started, there are, of course, a couple of reminders. For anybody who is brand new to the podcast and just jumping in here on Episode 8, you need to know that what you will hear is a biblical recap of Chapter 8 of Harry Potter. And so what that means is that I will go through the entire chapter But when you hear the word lumos, it means that I'll be shining a light on a biblical element that I see emerging in the story. I will also be discussing Christianity from a mature biblical worldview. And so if you have any questions about what I mean or what I'm talking about, please feel free to reach out to me through DM on Instagram at gospel according to Harry Potter. And I'll include any scriptural references in the show notes so that you can follow along and do some more Bible study on your own at home. And as a brand new podcast, I majorly appreciate you following on whatever platform you're listening on. Go ahead and subscribe or follow the show so that you'll be alerted when I make updates. Uh, The episodes come out every Monday. And so if you want to get those alerts, make sure you're following. And then, of course, please, if you like what you hear, leave a friendly review, tell your friends, uh, invite any other Jesus freaks or Potterheads to join us in this journey. I know that I'm having a great time. And so if you are too, please invite your friends along. So recently on Instagram, I posted a fun little wand ceremony pause game that connects Harry Potter wandwoods with scripture. And the response was so positive on Instagram that I've decided to do a wand of the week here on the podcast. So each week, I'll use JK Rowling's wandwood description from wizardingworld.com to connect that wand with a Bible verse. And of course, I'll post a link in the show notes so you can read about it too. So our first wand of the week is... Willow. According to wizardingworld.com, quote, an unusual wandwood, willow wands had an intrinsic healing quality. Although many witches and wizards desired a willow wand for its attractive appearance and reputation for enhancing advanced magic, willow wands were more attracted to those with the greater potential. Ron Weasley's second wand, after he broke his first, was made of willow, end quote. Hmm, a wand with healing qualities. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about healing, but for the willow wand, I chose Jeremiah 17, 14, which says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. So to all my willow wand wheeling friends out there, I challenge you to memorize Jeremiah 17, 14, and happy healing. And now let's get into today's recap, shall we? Today, we're reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling, Chapter 8, The Potions Master. 
Chapter 8 opens with Harry learning to navigate the new and wonderful and confusing world of Hogwarts. The staircases move, the people in the portraits are always visiting other frames, which makes it really hard to tell if he's in the right corridor or not. And there's a nasty poltergeist named Peeves who does his best to make students' lives really difficult. The narrator also mentions the caretaker, Mr. Filch, who works with his cat, Mrs. Norris, to catch students in any form of mischief. We learn about the different classes Harry has to take, such as charms and herbology and transfiguration, and all about the different personalities of his teachers. Harry is surprised to learn that there's a lot more to magic than just waving a wand around. He finds that he has to take a lot of notes and learn magical theory for things like transfiguration, which is taught by my favorite, Professor McGonagall. Harry and the rest of the students are disappointed to find that Defense Against the Dark Arts, which they had all been looking forward to, is actually, quote, a bit of a joke, unquote. Professor Quirrell seems hesitant to talk about his past experiences with zombies and vampires, and the kids notice a funky smell hanging around the turban he always wears. Fred and George Weasley insist he keeps the turban stuffed with garlic to ward off vampires. Harry's relieved to see that he's not the only one struggling to learn magic. He realizes that even people like Ron, who grew up in wizarding families, don't have much of a head start when it comes to learning magic. Lumos. Not much of a head start. I grew up in a Christian family. We celebrated Easter and Christmas, and we went to church often. When I was little, my mom sang, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, when she tucked me in at night, and she listened to worship music a lot in the car, and my grandma bought me my first study Bible. Like Ron, growing up surrounded by magic, I grew up surrounded by faith, but that didn't give me much of a head start when it came to actually developing and living out my own faith. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, Paul writes, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So I can still recall the day in October of 2008 when Jesus called me to follow him. See, I had believed in him all of my life, but on that Saturday morning, as I sat on the couch watching TV, I felt Jesus telling me it was time to really follow him and learn to stand on my own. Two months later, my grandma passed away, and that was when I realized that that's why Jesus had so urgently told me it was time. I had been living off my grandma's faith without truly developing my own, but I wouldn't have her around forever. See, I was like the people Paul is writing to in Hebrews chapter 5. I was still living on spiritual milk, and I was not yet mature. Even though I had been raised in a Christian household, I didn't have much of a head start when it came to actually practicing my faith. I had to start at the beginning, as Paul says, needing someone to teach me again the basic things about God's word. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, guys. Starting at the beginning, even though I already believed, helped me to start to develop understanding which is different from believing, but almost as important. I began to read my Bible more and more and to study what it actually meant. And I began for the first time in my life really to build a habit of prayer. And y'all, I'm still learning. I'm still developing the habit of walking with Jesus all day, every day. That's the beauty of learning, is that we're never fully finished. 
So whether you've been a believer for a long time, or you've just decided to see what Jesus is all about, we are all in the same boat. We've all got a lot to learn, and God doesn't play favorites. We're in this together, so let's keep learning. Knox. Finally, Harry has his first potions lesson with Professor Snape. This is the same teacher he had seen talking to Professor Quirrell at the start of term feast when his scar had hurt. Harry realizes quickly that this teacher does not like him at all. At the beginning of class, Snape teases Harry about being, quote, our new celebrity, which makes Draco and the other Slytherins laugh at Harry. Snape lectures the class about how serious Potions class will be and says he doesn't expect many of them to be successful at it. Lumos. Discouraging teachers. Okay, so as a teacher, I have a lot of feelings about Snape's um, teaching methods, if we can call them that. When I read these books, I always find myself getting furious at the way he speaks to the kids. There's zero encouragement, zero compassion, nothing but snide comments, and even teasing these children. And as it turns out, there were quote-unquote teachers like that in Jesus' day too. In Luke chapter 11, as Jesus is having a conversation with some of the experts in the religious law, he says in verse 46, quote, Yes, what sorrow awaits you, experts in religious law, for you crush people with unbearable religious demands, and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. End quote. Well, if that doesn't sound a lot like Severus Snape. See, Jesus is making the point that these experts, who are supposed to teach others and guide people toward God, were instead making everything difficult, placing impossible demands on people, and not doing anything to help those who were just trying to learn. Jesus had seriously harsh words for those teachers. He calls them fools and vipers, and he repeatedly warns that sorrow is coming for them. And here's the thing. Jesus was a teacher too, so he knew what he was talking about. So how was his teaching approach different from these religious experts? Well, for starters, Jesus actually spent time with the people he taught. He ate meals with them. He went to their homes. He visited them in some of the worst parts of town. He got to know them and didn't ever act like he was better than them. And guys, he was the literal son of God. So of course he's better, but he didn't act like it. On the other hand, the religious experts kept to themselves. They acted like an exclusive club and they made sure to only be seen in the very best places. Another thing Jesus did was to teach people without shaming them. He always told the truth about sin, about right and wrong, and he always encouraged people to turn away from their sins and live the way God intended. But he did this without shaming them. He always spoke to them with love and with gentleness. The experts, on the other hand, would publicly decry people who they caught in sin. They loved pointing the finger and damning people with their religious condemnation. Jesus welcomed everyone. The experts excluded those that they considered beneath them. Jesus answered questions. The experts told people off for asking. In short, these religious experts behaved a lot like Professor Snape, setting impossible expectations for people and then refusing to help them and taunting them when they struggled to live up to those standards. In episode four, we talked about how each of us has people in our lives who we can share the good news about Jesus with. So as we think about how to do that, let's be sure to teach like Jesus did, with love and compassion, rather than discouraging people, like Severus Snape. Knox. Suddenly, Snape peppers Harry with a series of questions about potions ingredients, things which Harry doesn't have the slightest clue about. And then he teases Harry for not knowing, saying, quote, fame clearly isn't everything, end quote. 
The whole time Snape's questioning Harry, Hermione has her hand up, frantically wanting to answer. Finally, in another one of Book Harry's classic quips, Harry says, quote, I don't know. I think Hermione does, though. Why don't you try her? End quote. Snape takes a point from Gryffindor for Harry's sassiness, then assigns the class to work on a potion meant to cure boils. Later, when Neville Longbottom's potion goes horribly wrong, Snape actually blames Harry for it and takes another point from Gryffindor. As they leave at the end of class, Harry wonders why Snape seems to hate him so much. Thankfully, he and Ron have been invited to visit Hagrid, so they head down to Hagrid's hut by the edge of the Forbidden Forest. As they visit, Harry tells Hagrid about how Snape treated him, and Hagrid insists there's no reason for Snape to hate Harry. But Harry notices Hagrid doesn't quite meet his eyes when he says this. Harry notices a cutting from a newspaper, an article about the Gringotts break-in that Ron had mentioned on the Hogwarts Express. Harry's shocked to read that it happened on the very same day that he and Hagrid had visited Gringotts, when Hagrid had taken the grubby little package out of the vault that was later broken into. Hagrid seems to avoid the subject, and Harry heads back to the castle, wondering where the little package was now, and if Hagrid knew more about Snape than he was letting on. Well, that brings us to the end of another chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I know I, for one, am really furious about the way Snape has treated Harry on his first potions lesson. And so I'm looking forward to seeing where this relationship goes. If you are new to the series, I'm going to try really hard not to give any spoilers, so don't worry. Uh, And if you're not, I ask you also to not spoil things for any friends of yours who are joining us for their first journey through Harry Potter. I want to give a shout out to my aunt, who has been so supportive as I've started this journey of starting this podcast. And I'm super excited because... You know, I started doing this in the hopes that people would come for Harry Potter and stay for Jesus, Uh, but my aunt has actually had the opposite experience. She came for the Bible part and decided that she would want to read Harry Potter for the first time in her life. So Aunt Mary Kay, welcome to the wizarding world. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I do. And again, if you guys are enjoying the show, please make sure to follow and share it with any of your friends who you think might enjoy reading along with us. So until next time, when we read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chapter 9, stay close to Jesus and don't let the muggles get you down. Bye!
Lumos.